Thank you for listening to the All About Life podcast with Vic. I'm so glad you're listening in today. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring and motivating you to be a better you. Find us on iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast show. Thanks for listening and enjoy this next episode. Thank you for listening to the All About Life podcast. This is your host, Vic. And today I got a very special guest interview with Prince John Johnson, motivational speaker, Prince John Johnson. How you doing today, man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm doing well, man. I'm blessed to be alive, man. I appreciate this opportunity. Victor, shout out to, you know, the podcast here, man. All about life, man. It's, it's, it's definitely a dope opportunity. Feeling great, man. Happy New Year to everybody listening, man. Happy New Year. Yeah, this is our very first episode in 2022, and you're it, man. You're my very first interview this year and my very first episode. Wow, that's big, man. That's love. Let's do it, man. It's going to be a great one. got to be great, then. <laughs> Oh yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait, man. And today we're going to be talking about just three things that, um, you know, we all go through. Struggles, victories, and purpose. Uh, but before we do, and before we get into our conversation here, um, just for our audience that do not know you, uh, you're a motivational speaker, but what else, uh, if you want to introduce yourself to the audience, uh, you know, what, who is Prince John Johnson? Oh yeah, man, definitely. So, you know, Prince John is, you know, a student of life. That's for me, you know, a big, big part of my existence here. So, but I get a little more, um, you know, simplified there. So for me, my name is John, uh, you know, originally coming from Brooklyn, New York. I, uh, you know, grew up with a family of eight, single mom. And so, you know, grew up and saw a lot of different things, but I was fortunate to where my mom kept us really, you know, focused. And I grew up in church a lot. And so that was a big part of my coming up, but also a love for basketball and saw some things with my friends in school and stuff like that. And so coming from the city, though, I knew that I wanted to kind of branch out with the fast paced environment, being an inner city kid. So I later pursued uh, my college career upstate, upstate New York, where I went and uh, pursued a degree. Um, and really just took that opportunity serious and I was able to build a lot of solid connections and, and network with folks and do different things and, and that has afforded me, you know, great things. And so I actually um, landed a position out there where I worked uh, for a while and really I, I used that to leverage on um, me. I just want to, you know, spend more of my free time helping in the community, working with youth. Um, and, and so that's a lot of what I do on my free time, but yeah, one of my, one of my titles, I also call myself as the young optimist. And I view that because of my optimistic point of view. And so that's all I'm trying to do is, you know, help folks tap into what matters to them and and really what drives them. So that's a little bit about me. That's awesome, man. And you mentioned you're from uh, New York. I'm from New York too. Really? Okay. Which part, which part? Yeah. I was born in the Bronx. Hey, okay, okay. Which part? My sister lives in uh, Parkchester, so shout out, sis. Shout you out, sis. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Where, where, where you from? I actually grew up on Elder Avenue. Elder Avenue. Okay, man. Small uh-huh. world, man. One love. That's dope. <laughs> that is so <laughs> cool. What is yeah. definitely a small world, man. Uh, mm-hmm. You started talking about Brooklyn. I was like, oh, snap, the world. My own stomping <laughs> right. ground. 
For sure. <laughs> definitely, man. Definitely. That's dope. So one thing you said, man, you grew up of a family of eight siblings. Is, did I hear eight, that right? Eight siblings, man. You got it, yo. Crazy. Dude, how was that growing up? I mean, I it, when I was growing up, uh, yeah. you know, my mom uh, was also a single mom, but it was just me and my two other brothers. Yeah. Uh, so it was just three of us as far mm -hmm. as, uh, you know, mm -hmm. kids are concerned. And and I thought yeah. that was a lot. But, man, eight sure. siblings? Like, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> was definitely. that? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. You know, shout out my mom, man. Love her to death. Shout out my family. They are really a, a rock for me, a foundation. Anybody who knows me, I mean, I probably talk about my mom too much. Um, <laughs> I bring her into situations that, you know, people probably wouldn't have thought. But I say that to say, man, it was really, it was really, um, and uh, like a crazy opportunity. I say opportunity because, you know, the opportunity <laughs> to grow, like <laughs> to grow and learn in that capacity. I look back and I, you know, when I do my work with students, I'm like, damn, some of the stuff I learned and I thought was like, you know, um, a silly old lesson. It really pays mm -hmm. dividends today because you see a lot of people lacking respect and lacking that, um, you know, foundation and things like that to where I'm able to pour back into them now, you know, thanks to those opportunities. So, you know, mm -hmm. to answer your question, you talk about how was it? I mean, you know, you had to know for me, luckily I was the oldest boy. So I had two older sisters. So you talk about like hand-me-downs, um, you know, when you got a lot of mouths to feed, you can't waste, you can't no, waste, yeah. you know? And so the, the concept of waste and just money and saving and taking things seriously, a lot of those core values I credit to my growing up. Um, and you know, a lot of my experience, my siblings may have different ones, but a lot of my experience was setting an example um, my sister went through that too. I know her, you know, as the first child, but especially me as an older brother, you know, I want to stay late in the park to watch my boys play ball. Mm -hmm. I have a, a, a conversation with my mom in terms of, well, what would your brothers think if you come home at this time, then they going to do the same thing or worse, you know? So it's always about setting an example, you know, I always got to worry mm -hmm. about what they're thinking and, you know, being that role model. So that was a lot of my life, uh, to be honest. So, yeah. So, so you're almost, uh, put into a um, position of being a motivator and an inspiration and, and someone who uh, inspires. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. That for me started, and it's funny you connect that too. That started for me around uh, 14, 15 years old. So when I mentioned I grew up in church, so, you know, mm. we, we would be all, one of the things we did too, we would always be back and forth to church every weekend. And so you would see my mom, you know, going with her, you know, we're in a minivan and we come into church, it's the lady with the kids. That's how, yeah. that was her identity. And she took pride in that, <laughs> you know, because she looked great for her age, still does. And, you know, she was, she was doing it and we would go and that was one of the things we knew. And so when I saw on your page, all the, you know, godly stuff and, and mm -hmm. different references like that, I definitely connected, man. So credit to that as well. Um, but that was one of my roles. I was very involved in church. And so uh, being an altar boy and back and forth to the podium preaching. I, I started writing sermons at like 15, man. It was crazy. I didn't even know yeah. what I was really saying, but I was just quoting verses and being pushed by, um, you know, leaders in the church. And so when you talk about that role model piece, absolutely. I think my siblings, you know, looked up to me, uh, you know, and still do from a very young age. Now, one thing that uh, I would love if I ever got a chance to meet your mom, one thing yeah. that I would love to ask her was, how yeah. was it getting everybody ready for church on Sundays? <laughs> Man, <laughs> definitely, yo. She, I'm sure she she would wow. definitely have her own way. Yeah, but it was it was it was like boot camp, man. You already knew you had your outfits the night before. You know, you get in trouble if you spent too long in the kitchen, and you know, we had mm. a system. You gotta have a system with that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 
Uh, I bet she's got she's got to be one strong woman because uh, you know I, I got three kids myself right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bless and, you, man. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, you know getting ready for church is a is a, is a challenge. I'm gonna put 100%. it percent. a challenge. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and maybe sometimes to go to go a lot of places, man. Honestly, just to go down to the market or something, it could be a lot. You know, just getting stuff together. But I definitely agree with you. You know. And I mean, it was about packing snacks and, and mm-hmm. you know, lay, laying down the rules. I remember we would always have these talks of like, you know, when we get there, you're not going to embarrass me. Like, you know, yeah. as soon as you as soon as you get there as a kid, you want to use the bathroom and run all over the place. But my mom definitely had a lot of that in check. You know, one person was in charge of ordering the minivan. Like we, we really had a system and it didn't always work. <laughs> it didn't always work. But yeah. the, the important <laughs> thing was that we knew we knew the vision. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Everybody was on board as far as what the goal is and yeah. what was going to happen. You got it, man. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. So mm-hmm. with um growing up in church, um yeah. what what denomination did you grow up in? I, I grew up in the Pentecostal denomination of church. Yeah. Um yeah. in the in a Spanish uh, Assembly of God Pentecostal Church. Nice. Uh so what denomination did you grow up under? So I grew up in Christian. I was in a Christian church. It was a Baptist church. Um, and so there's a lot of like um, spiritual, really believing like a lot of spiritual energy and spiritual practices, different things like that, really evoking the Holy Spirit. Um, so, you know, you'd see incense, you'd see candles, you'd see stuff like that. And um, a lot of instruments, a lot of music to, you know, really invoke that spirit inside, you know, really come to church to worship and fellowship. And so at a young age, I knew what it meant to uh, come before God, man, and, and really um lay it all there and as i'm talking to you my paws are raising because that's what i carry to this day so even though i'm not in that same church anymore um i i definitely never lost my faith and i think that's huge for folks um as believers because sometimes you think that the church is is all there is and I, while i definitely do want to get back into a home um yeah. I, I i've never lost that value of coming to god and, you know speaking to him and, and using him you know to, to guide my decisions, et cetera, et cetera. And my mom's the same way. So, but that's, that's kind of how I grew up. Yep. That's the denomination. And one of the things that you mentioned that I kind of relate to as well, uh, yeah. because I studied in the Pentecostal church, uh, mm. it's, it's a lot alike for, from what you just described. Yeah. Um, but they also believe in uh, kids as young as eight years old, taking yeah. an active role in church yeah. Um, and so I, I remember when I was given my first sermon to preach, I was like 13 years old. Mm, and wow. I was thinking, like, the, do you really want me to grab up there, grab the mic and <laughs> right. talk to Definitely. 80 people here? Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was the shortest message I think I've ever um, I've heard preach. It was not probably not even five minutes uh, long. I was For so sure. nervous and scared because they just kind of threw me out in the wolves. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh-huh. That's, like, it, it's not like I was trained. I didn't. I didn't take any like speaking courses or any of that. It was like, yeah, you're preaching Friday night at uh, you know seven o'clock <laughs> service. Be ready. I'm like, wait. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. So how how was it with you? How was that experience with you? Uh, was it kind of the same way? They just kind of gave you the bike and here you go, speak. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, definitely, man. That's that's dope you say that. Um, I, For me, I'm trying to think definitely back to those times. So it's funny, we started as Catholic too. So I guess I might mention that. So we started as Catholic. We had a couple of, you know, journeys through um, coming, coming over um, and being believers. And my mom yeah. always kept this though. And so we transitioned, as we transitioned to Christian, 
you know, there was a very um, unique circumstance uh, that, you know, I had to come uh, while I was born. And, and so that circumstance led my mom to be, uh, to meet God. She wasn't a believer with my older two sisters necessarily. She had a best friend that was in church and the best friend brought her over to church. Um, and, and, and through that meeting um, and relationship, my mom was able to really believe and say, well, okay, I'm going to give this thing a try. And, and so that same leader of the church who helped my mom years before I was even born, I was still in the womb, yeah. um, later came. And when I was born, uh, groomed me to be, you know, a leader in the church. And so she, she her goal was to have me as a deacon or, or some sort of, you know, leader there um, at around 20 to 21 years old. And so mm -hmm. at the time I was like a young teen, as I mentioned. And so she would groom me and I would have certain tasks, you know, I would be incensing the church. I would come on weekdays after school to help clean the church. I'm shining brass, man, all kinds of stuff. Like, and these I've later learned were to prepare me, you know, like you, you don't, you don't know as a kid, you know, cleaning those things, what that really means. And then you, you learn the, the values of just that, those tedious tasks. And so that through that, you know, one of those tasks would be, hey, I want you to keep service today. And then it just grew, it kept growing today. I want you to sort of like how you said. So I definitely was sort of thrown in, uh, but it also was like a like a um, preconceived notion. Like it's kind of like, uh, it was a suggestion. You kind of, I kind of knew just based on how they were moving. But yeah, yeah, first time, man, you never get used to that Pope. I feel like that that's just a crazy feeling, especially as a kid. You can't really see over it. I'm looking at all these people yeah. who are like, <laughs> they're like my, my church aunts and my church elders and stuff. Like, so I'm like, ah, oh, man. Like, but you know, it, it was definitely a, a um, definitely like an amazing experience to sit there and write and go and find verses to connect. It was crazy. I, I, I look back and I'm just like, even speaking about it, I'm like, man, what was I? How did I do that? Like, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Absolutely, man. And then when you have the, uh, you know, uh, audience uh, mm -hmm. looking at you and, and you're like, okay, what are they thinking? Am I messing <laughs> yeah. this thing up? Right, Am I right. something I'm not supposed to say? Like, 100%. Yep. 100%. <laughs> like, nobody nodding. Nobody like, are they with me? Are like, they sleeping? Tough crowd. Yeah. Am I putting people to sleep? Or... <laughs> For real. <laughs> like, definitely, man. <laughs> so, now, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your uh struggles as far as yeah when you're you know growing up your sibling of eight uh you know part of eight you're you're the oldest yeah um you know going through high school yeah. right and, and trying to figure out what it is that you want to do in life and and, and the kind of person that you want to become and, and growing up um what were some of those those challenges going through high school and trying to figure out you know like whether you're going to go to college or not mm -hmm. uh, you know and how your siblings would react and mm -hmm. and you know just how how you moved throughout your high school years and then afterwards and to becoming your own your own person because yeah, you know, it's, it's got to be tough when you're when you're in a way when you're growing up and you're always needing to be that example for everyone else under exactly. you, you know, because mm -hmm. you're, you're literally in a leadership position, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So so then afterwards, how do you how do you become your own person mm -hmm. from the identity that you were already given uh, growing up in, you know, with your siblings and, and you know, go through all that struggle right there? Mm, definitely, man. Definitely. I love that. I love that question. That was big. Um, yeah, I think 
Man, where do I start? I think first, um, definitely was a struggle. Uh, you know, shout out to this topic. I love this topic that we have today. Um, it was a struggle, and that's why I do a lot of the work I do because I want to speak to those folks that are in the struggle and going yeah. through it as I still progress through mine, honestly. And so, yeah, man, you said it right, hit it right on the head. Uh, inner city, coming from inner city and trying to progress and, and, and go against the grain, if you will, or uh, go against the status quo, um, that's tough to, to birth something new. For me, I'm yeah. a first generation. Yeah, I'm a first generation graduate, and I'm very proud of that. Um, but oh, congratulations! Took, appreciate that, man. Definitely, Vic. Thank you. It definitely took a lot, though. You know, it took a lot, sacrifice, and time, and doubt, and and, and you know, um, uncertainty, all that good stuff. But you push through, and you know, you create something for yourself and your family that you've never seen. And so, just to rewind back to high school, I can remember senior year. I had did everything good up until that point. Um, so where I was fortunate to have three classes, I had health, English, and gym. And I mean, it doesn't take a scientist to know that those three classes for any high school senior, that's not exactly the most motivated schedule, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that for me, and I was not to mention, I was starting in the afternoon. That's just how it was set up. I was starting at around 12. So 12, I'm already waking up late. I'm coming out the house late. My mom's at work. I'm the only one in the house. My whole mindset is not really where it needs to be for a senior year, like finishing up. So I began to get lazy. I got senioritis, man. I got senioritis and I just was not where I needed to be. And I, I kept building on those bad habits and I grew to a point that was really critical in terms of my um, graduation. And my mom actually got word of it and she, 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 you know, she got involved. And so one day I walked back to class, you know, thinking I could just get back in and pick up where I left off. And I got a call from the principal's office and you know, the, the teacher told me that they wanted me downstairs. So as I go downstairs, I'm like, man, what the heck? Yeah. Go downstairs, I noticed the English teacher is following me behind me. So I'm like, damn, like, okay, I don't need to be escorted, but cool, let's go. So we go in and, you know, uh, I, I, as soon as I open the room, I see my principal, my, uh, my principal, my gym teacher, my health teacher, and my English teacher who had just followed me and my mother all sitting in the same room. And once I walked in there, man, I mean, you can imagine what that feels like. I was like, I was 16, 17, and I'm like, man, I'm at the top of my game, high school senior, boom, that just punched me down. I did not expect to see that. Yeah. And I, I walked in and, you know, a lot of things were said in there that day. My high school was really like a family to where my principal knew my mom and all that good stuff. And they really said a lot of things. But one thing that stood with me uh, to this day, and I, I tell youth all the time, is like, you would be... Uh, you know, stupid, and they were really blunt, and like I mentioned, family-like, uh, but, you know, you could fill in the blank, whatever you want there, but you would be just not smart to to work this hard to make it this far to yep. give up now, you know, and that just, for me at the time, it, it hit a little different, because I was like, man, you're right, I, I did put, you don't always, you don't always um credit the work that you put in when you always mm -hmm. focused on, you know, whatever, so, I, I, I turned myself around. It wasn't easy, but I worked to get that around that, at that point and, you know, got back on track and I was able to graduate. And, you know, I always had thought that college would come to me. But through that um, turnaround, I was able to connect with some college folks who were in the hallways and pulling kids out of the hallways and getting them on Common App. And I was one of those kids, but it took like application. It took like intention. I had to I had to go like I, it had to be a choice. And so to get back to your question, you know, in terms of what uh, motivated me and how was that like it was it was a painful process almost but it was one that was rewarding it was mm -hmm. one where i had to separate from the crowd i had to separate from my same friends who were you know encouraging me or or just 
you know, we were all doing things. I won't blame anything on anyone else, but we were all sure. kind of just cutting class and doing different things. I had to separate from that group that I just enjoyed being with, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, yeah. yeah, so that was that. And, and man, I was able to uh, gain a very gracious uh, scholarship opportunity. And I, I, I then, you know, embarked on my college career. And so that continued, though. I thought that I had left that challenge behind. That, you know, only leveled up with me. I then had to find a new uh, way to, to uh, pump that motivation in college. Three hours away from home, new sets of uh, distractions, new sets yeah. of freedom, right? Um, and, and so I had to really work that out. And so, you know, I love how you put in a leadership position, whether I like it or not. That's definitely how I felt, man. That's like something, you know, you, you know, you say, <laughs> I didn't choose this life, this life chose me. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, that's really how. And so I embody that. And so when you talk about making your own identity, I think God, man, God ordained it for me. And so for me, it's just stepping into what he called for me. And so I just kind of, I just kind of try to humble myself with that and, and learn from folks who've been through it before me. I try to read a lot and I need to, you know, get more of my word. I spent a lot of time, like I said, when I was younger, learning about stories of, of folks who, you know, Moses who was tested and different mm -hmm. things like that, Abraham, you know, and, and then also real life people in these days. But also being realistic with myself. And that's the last thing I'll say, just letting my, my younger siblings know, like, you know, mistakes happen. Um, excuse me for my faults. You know, I'm, I'm not anyone's father. You know, unfortunately, sometimes it feels like I, I do have a dad like, you know, role also with them. And, and I respect yeah. that. And, and we appreciate that, you know, but we try to be real with them and let them kind of give me some slack too, just the same way I would to them. Right. And so really just, I think it's like a worker relationship, man. Like, uh, within the whole family, you know, we're always working with each other. So it's been a journey, man. But I definitely, I like that question. And I also think too that, you know, on, on top of making mistakes, we also do things that we know are wrong and we all, yep. and, and we know better, we know we shouldn't do it, but we still end up doing it anyways. Yep. And yep. I, yep. I always tell people, you know, just have grace for yourself for those decisions mm. as well. Because yeah, the the thing about the mind is that the mind is a is a very complicated and complex place. Yeah. Um. Mm. And, and I always say, you know, there's a very thin line between sanity and insanity as far as our our mental health is concerned. Big time. Um. So I always tell people, you know, e even if you knew that you knew that you were doing was wrong and you did it anyways, um, still learn from it. It's in the past and don't, uh, as long as you progress away from that yeah. uh, and you make better decisions, yeah. uh, you know, not to stay stuck in a self-condemnation cycle. Because mm. I think there's a lot of people out there that, they, you know, after they've done certain things, they just keep reliving it over and over and over. And the situation is long gone. It's, it's, it's past. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's done. But they still continue with their self-condemnation and, and putting yeah. themselves down. And, yeah. and so they never go anywhere because they exactly. can't get past the last um, event that they feel guilty for. Mm, definitely, um, man. I totally agree. I totally agree, man. I, I You know, something I posted, you know, the other day on my quote, uh, page, which, you know, if you're into quotes or you're listening and you like messages, please, you know, definitely I'll probably plug my stuff in. I'll give it to Vic, but strike through motivation is one of my pages, you know, and one thing I posted uh, was at some point you have to decide if your desires are distracting you from your destination. Wow. That's good. You know, desires distracting you from your destination and that for me was i think a message in my high school time right like i had to decide whether 
playing dominoes and uno in the cafeteria was yeah. worth was worth me not crossing that stage you know in a few months so definitely man i i echo what you're saying and one thing that i like that you said is that you try to mm -hmm. learn from uh you know from other people and older mm -hmm. older people and people that have been there done that uh yeah. which i love the fact that you say that because mm -hmm. one of the worst philosophies i think i've ever heard in my life and i mean i felt like this when i was 19 years old because mm -hmm. i think i i heard it first when i was like 18 or 19 yeah and, and i thought that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard where <laughs> somebody was getting um you know, one of my friends, uh, their parents were giving it to them and, and yeah. they were, you know, they were just acting stupid. They did something dumb and mm -hmm. they said, well, you know, I need to make my own mistakes mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of like find things out for myself type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I remember thinking like, that's the worst thing that you can do. Like, why would you want to, you know, yeah. go through something yeah. that you don't have to because for someone sure. else has already been there and could say, Hey, don't go that way. Are you going to fall into that pothole and it's going to hurt? It's going to be really bad for you. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. You know, so, you know, to turn around. So I never understood the whole, I want to make my own mistakes type thing. It's like, no, if you can oh, learn yeah. from other people's mistake, then learn from other people's mistake. Right. No, definitely. I totally agree. Um, like, you know, I think when you, when you're in that mindset, you probably don't understand time properly. Right. As a young as a young person, you, you're not really uh, valuing time sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you, you probably you thinking you have time to be doing stuff like that. And really, you learn, I think, as you grow, you should be learning. Uh, I've been trying to learn, you know, efficiency, just how yeah. you know, how to how to work smarter, not harder. Like how, how much can I do with least amount of time? Like that's mm -hmm. what very wealthy people do. Um, and so I totally agree, man, for, you know, that's just like a pride thing. You got to you got to kind of cut that out and grow out of that because if, if my parent and my, I'll, I'll be damned if like, you know, I have to go through something my parent, parents, 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 parents have went through. I mean, I think that's why they worked hard for us to be here. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You know, we got to learn from, we got to learn from stuff like that. So definitely. Man. You know, so another um, struggle, if you would, um, yeah. that, I think everyone has kind of um, gone through as far as, you know, this, this time uh, yeah. concept is concerned That's is true. procrastination. You know, a lot of people, mm -hmm. they just, they just procrastinate on things. How do you keep yourself from procrastinating, but also giving yourself rest? Because we also, it's important that we also get rest and, and make sure that we recharge. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, yeah. So, so what are some of the things that you do to not procrastinate and not feel like you're procrastinating when you're resting? Mm, yeah, definitely. I like that. I like that last point uh, because I do think I'll start by saying I definitely used sleep as an escape. At one point, I was just talking to a friend about this, and that's like I think I, when you reach to the point where you no longer want to escape with yeah. with you know with whatever with whatever you're using um whether that be you know whatever people have different forms of escape and I, i've been doing a few videos on that because i think that's huge um you could get comfortable in that escape that could become like a second habit um mm -hmm. you do you want to break out of that when we talk about efficiency how much can you do like how much time do you really have um and so uh for me 
uh, lately, I've just been trying to use my day more. So when we think about the day, right? So I've done something where I, I just write it out. For me, I need to see it a little bit um, and just make it a little more real. So we have 24 hours in our day, right? Obviously, you should sleep for six to eight, or that's what they suggest. That then leaves, you know, uh, what's that, 16, right? So 16 left in your day. Now, yeah. you know, you typically have work for another six to eight hours. That's now typically only eight. Obviously, you don't work straight through eight, and you might not sleep all six to eight, but roughly around there, you know, we haven't sure. even we haven't even factored in if you want to eat. Let's say we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We'll just estimate 30 minutes to an hour for folks each time. That's about three hours less than that, right? And so we're left with about five to seven. And I'm doing a very rough estimate here, but this is how I kind of did it. Uh, five to seven hours left, right? Uh, we haven't factored in anything like socials, talking to family, anything like that. When you really do yeah. that, to me, it starts to become very small in terms of how much I can produce, you know, for myself and just wealth and any kind of personal goals, anything like that, like anything to where, you know, you need to be uh, uh, efficient and just producing for your life. And so I started to, once I heard that, I got a little more serious because I'm like, man, where's the time going? You know, we're not getting yeah. younger. <laughs> And so I'm like, let me kind of utilize the time with the opportunities that I do have. You know, when you say first generation graduate, yes, it's a great uh, talking point and a great, um, what do they call it? Like, a, a, I guess a bragging point or whatever. But I do take that serious because that means that no one in your family kind of had the opportunity or the opportunity that the society suggests you will have with the job market and all of that good stuff. Nobody had that. So that means yeah. you should have an opportunity to do something different, right? And so I take that serious. And, you know, just getting back to the whole leadership point, it all connects. Um, for me to answer your question, I just started to uh, be more intentional about what I'm doing. So I, I uh, recently, I had a second job. And so I was working at a restaurant on the side, right? So I would do a nine to five, and then I would do a five to nine, like oh, three, wow. day, three to five days out of the week, man. Yeah, I was doing 20 hours minimum. That's what I wanted at the side job. So I would be doing 40 plus 20. So that's like, you know, 60 hours, 50, 60 hours. That was just my goal. So I really had no time to stop. And like, I would tell myself I would work on myself when I get back home, like go on my, you know, edit my videos and stuff. But that never happened, man. Because once you get home, you shower, you eat, maybe talk to a family member, a friend, it's KO. It's time to repeat, you know? Oh, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so exactly. And so, excuse me, Um, that that became for me a, a sort of a roller coaster. And I talked to a friend one time and, you know, shout out to that friend. Uh, they definitely, you know, kind of put me in perspective with what I was thinking. I would be in the kitchen, you know, washing dishes at the restaurant, thinking about my dreams, man. It was crazy. I would just be so focused on what I really wanted to do. I enjoyed the restaurant and the customer service, but it, I knew it wasn't really my passion. And so my friend yeah. said, you know, how long are you going to continue building into their business? And then she started to talk to me about, you know, uh, the price of like, you know, my supervisor also did this for me too. They were like, you know, what, how much hours are you making? And so for me, I would work anywhere from like a three hour to a five hour shift, right? Five to nine, like it wasn't, it didn't need to be a lot. And they were paying me about uh, 14 bucks an hour. Okay. And so 14 bucks an hour for three hours, you do that for three hours, that's about, you know, 40 bucks before taxes, I would get tips. So you say 40 to 50 bucks I make on average a day. Right. And I say this not to focus on the money, but just to talk about how much we exchange it's for our time. That would be yeah. 
three to five hours of long standing on my back, walking around, serving folks, cleaning. Like I was giving way more than I was getting, but in my mind, I made that okay. You know, I would have to commute there right after I just did a whole full-time gig. And so it's just crazy sometimes how we condition our mind in terms of uh, what we what we convert, for, like what we give for our time. Yeah. And so I, I started to get a little concerned about that. I'm like, man, I'm worth more. At some point you gotta, again, decide whether your desires are distracting you from your destination. Like, and so that at that point, yes, it was helping me with some short-term income and, you know, some instant gratification, um, but but it wasn't really serving my ultimate goal. And so I, I did a sacrifice. It took me a while to pull that plug, but I ended up leaving and I left solely to focus more on my brand. And so if you go on my page now, you'll see, as I know, you know, you and I have been in, in talks, you know, I've been posting way more. I've been able to be more efficient. I've been able to do, and sure, it's not giving me tips and stuff. And that's just a sacrifice you pay. Yeah. Um, but, but that's like, for me, it's a, it's a more rewarding feeling to know, well, okay, I'm building something for me, whether it turns out in the way, you know, a big way or not, I, I feel comfortable knowing that I'm building something for me, you know, and that's kind of decisions like that. Are, are what I think help with procrastination and, and things mm -hmm. like that. So, and it's funny because a, a lot of people, they, they'll see you uh, and, and they see others that are successful by yeah. this world standards. Yeah. Um, you know, like someone that, that comes to my mind um, mm. as a, as a podcaster <laughs> is um, uh, what Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. And a lot of people look at him where he's at now in his podcast. Now he was successful way before podcasting, right. but um, he saw the vision in the podcast. And, and when he started podcasting, nobody wanted to do it with him um, as far as doing their own podcast, because they're like, oh, that's not going anywhere. And, mm. and they see Joe right now and they're like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> I want to be uh, Joe Rogan. But what they don't get is I mm. believe for, four or five years he yeah. did that for free wow. like took time out of his schedule yep just so he can do podcasts just because he liked working with people and, sure. and uh speaking i should say speaking with for people sure. Sure. Um, but he wasn't getting any income from it for mm. almost five years um, and so a lot of people they they look at people at their success stage yeah without realizing the struggle that they had to and the things they had to give up in order to get there Mm. Um, and, and mm. I always say, if you, if you focus on the money, this is what yeah. I've learned, you know, I'm, I'm 41 years old yep. and this is what I've learned through just watching. Yeah. If you focus on the money, yeah, the money will run away from you. Mm. But if you focus on serving on your dreams, if yes. you focus on actually making a difference, then yes. the money will find you eventually. Yeah, uh, and, and that's what I found in every aspect of life. I mean, e even you know, for the guys that do the uh, the trash collecting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, you know that you know, look at them just doing the the trash collecting," and they make fun of it. Mm -hmm. But those drivers that drive those uh, those trucks, mm -hmm. man, they're making over a hundred thousand a year. Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because they. Mm -hmm. they you know, they, but they didn't start there. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Um, that was a process too. Mm -hmm. And it's like anything that you do, if you, if you do it um, because you love it and you do it because you want to serve and give back to humanity and your community, yeah. eventually the money will show up. Absolutely. But if, if you just do it just 
because you want to get rich or you want to yeah. be wealthy. Yeah. yeah, you'll always struggle all your life and, and money will like run away from you because that's not the point. Like money is not the point. Money yeah. is the tool. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And if you just use it as a tool, then you'll get more of those tools that you need in order to pursue your dreams. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but but if you make it about the tool, you're not going anywhere. I uh, that. Mm -hmm. You'll get stuck. You know, you'll get stuck because then because money within itself isn't um so, i mean it's, it's an inanimate object yeah definitely. You know what I mean? yeah it, it's a piece of paper within itself mm -hmm. it, it's it's worthless for sure, um, for sure. you know it's, it's all about what it is that you want to give back to the community and um and, it, and it's amazing because people mm. will pay for mm. value mm, yes yeah, you know, uh, like yeah. it's it's hilarious, not hilarious, but I find mm -hmm. interesting that you know we you can be in need, right? Say, yeah. you know, I, I don't know, you can be in need of money for sure, and you can go even to family members, and they'll have some of them will even have a hard time letting you have any, uh, any money or letting you borrow money. Yeah. Uh, so need doesn't really move people to give you money. It really doesn't, um, but value value will move people to give you money. Like if you can find a way to make someone else's life easier, yeah, and and yeah. contribute into their life in a meaningful way, they don't mind giving you money for it. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt, without a you doubt. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. I think that's that's something that a lot of people miss. Mm. You know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, how can I make money?" Well, that's the wrong question. The question right. is, how, how can you give back? How can I gain value? Yeah. Definitely. What can you give to your community that's of value? You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. No, that's that's right on point, man. This is gold. This is gold because, you know, one of my speakers I watch, uh, Miles Monroe, one of my favorites. Uh, he oh, I love Miles Monroe. You know Miles Monroe? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah peace, definitely, man. man. Such a gem. You know, rest in peace. But still so much so much dope information online. And, you know, he, he said that, you know, if you want to be successful, don't seek success. Seek to mm -hmm. become a person of value. You know, it's like he was saying, you know, you, you got to become so good in the area that folks can't ignore you. Like, and that's crazy yeah. because, you know, with that, with that value, it's like he talked about the job versus the purpose. And a job is what you're, what you work to do, but your purpose is what you're here to do. And, you know, um, I know even Steve Harvey in the same vein, he was saying, yeah. you know, your 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 gift will make room for you. And that's like coming out Bible terms too. You know, like Bible talks about that, just following your gift and your 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 passion and your purpose and stuff like that. So I totally agree, man. That's that's gold, man. I love that. And even with your job, a lot of people don't understand that you can make your job part of your purpose too. Definitely. Yes. You know, and because if you're doing it. This is what I've come to learn in life is there's, there really is no such thing as consequence, uh, not consequences, geez, of uh, coincidence. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I really don't believe in coincidence because it's just everything that happens is so, happens so intricately that yeah. I'm like, there's yeah. there's no way. There's no yes. way, it's, you know, this is coincidental. Sure. Uh, so if you're at a job, then you're there for a reason. There's a purpose behind it. Definitely. So you can intertwine that job into your purpose as well and say okay how how do how does this 
you know, match up and how can I make a difference while yep. I'm doing this work, even though it might not be the work that you want to do. Yeah. But there's a reason you're you're there still, regardless. You know what I mean? I, absolutely, man. Definitely. Can I talk about that a little bit? Just a brief, go ahead, brief man. One. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I love that, man. That's like, you know, uh, using your purpose within your job. I think that's a big message. I had posted something, too. Because with all this talk about purpose and passion and mission, you know, sometimes I think mm -hmm. it could probably sway folks to think otherwise. And so, you know, the goal is not, you know, necessarily to quit the job. There's a lot of people like, you you know, you might have to work. That's fine. Like, but it's like what you do. So it's not how you, like, not what you do, but like how you do it. So like, you know, one of the uh, scriptures I had posted with that was, you know, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Um, yeah. I, forget, I forget the actual quote right now, but that if you look that up, man, that, that comes from the Bible. Um, it might be a proverb, I believe. And so, you know, that was big for me because in the restaurant, that same one I told you guys and I told you, Vic, you know, that I, I had uh, let go. I had I had done three years there. So like, that's the important part too. I don't want to give not the full story, right? Like that was, yes, a big highlight, but I had did three years of growing and, you know, um, you know, uh, promotion in places that I didn't think I would. I not necessarily wanted to grow because sometimes growing suggests that you want to, it suggests that you want to stay there forever. I didn't really want to do that, but yeah. <laughs> sometimes God has a plan for you that, you know, I need you to stay here and gain some more experience, gain some more value, do some more work for me. And so mm -hmm. that for me became, you know, a little, um, a little like, uh, what can I say, ministry, if you will, uh, in the restaurant, man, everybody knew me for my top notch customer service. And so I built real relationships with folks that I still keep in touch with today, random customers that I didn't know, but I was just serving their pasta, you know, and so shout out to my friends there that I met. Um, but yeah, I definitely love that you said you can intertwine it because it's so true. And, you know, I would, I would have two minutes to make somebody's meal or set up like a Chipotle or a Subway. Um, yeah. If you're familiar with those, yeah, like a fast food kind of a deal. And, you know, I would have two minutes to work down the line and make somebody's meal. But in my mind, I started to, I started to uh, translate that to, I have two to three minutes to make your day better. How well of an experience can I give you? And so I learned a lot about customer service in that way. But mm, in, terms of, in terms of my goal, yeah, in terms of my purpose, it became like, you know, like that goal. And it became like clockwork and, and, and just my nature, you know, to, to serve folks better. And at the end of the transaction, people will be ready to empty their wallets, man. It was amazing in terms of like, people are so used to like bad treatment. It's amazing what you could do with just, you know, working with your purpose and treating somebody good. So I definitely follow you in terms of that and just uh, paying for value. It's so true. So now something that we've all been going through uh, is COVID. You know, this yeah. whole uh, COVID thing really caught, I mean, the whole world off guard. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things happening right now. So many people that are, you know, that weren't struggling before that are now struggling uh, because mm -hmm. of COVID and, and different mandates. And, you know, it's hit, it's hit everybody differently, uh, yeah. but it's hit everybody hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how have you fared and, and through, you know, through this whole COVID uh, situation uh, since it began uh, all the way to now? Yeah, you saying how have I felt? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. How have you fared? Like how how's life been for you throughout? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, through COVID, it's been it's been rough, man. It's been rough. Uh, but it's been a journey. It's been a journey that I think continues to grow on us and teaches more. Um, you know, not gonna sugarcoat it or give it any fancy message. It's been rough. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I could say I graduated um 2019 of the 
fall semester. So that was moving right into um, spring. And so spring 2020, that's when everything, that's when everything dropped for the most part, the first wave. Yeah. Um, and so that was a rough time, as you can imagine, man, not for, you know, for more reasons than one for everyone, but especially for a new graduate to be trying to get into the job market and trying to pursue next steps in life. That was just crazy. It was unknown. It was, you know, um, uncertain because everybody that wasn't getting let go from their jobs was clinging on to what they had. And so there were no, practically no openings. Um, yeah. which, you know, normally is already hard, but imagine that. And so that was a rough time. I had to uh, make a decision that I didn't, didn't really plan for. I stayed on a uh, friend's couch for nine months. That was unbelievable. Mm. I stayed from January to, uh, I got my first apartment in, um, it was September is my birthday. So it was right around there. I remember that being like, dang, thank God, happy birthday. Like, <laughs> Um, so yeah, nine months, about nine months. And so, man, what that wow. taught, oh, yeah, what that taught me, man, just imagine laying on the couch and you had plans to go to grad school and, and get a job, a career. Of course, you know, things don't come easy, but I, mm-hmm. I definitely was on the high, a high horse kind of a mindset. I'll be honest. My pride was through the roof because I had worked so hard through my four years. I talked about my experience from high school. Right. And so I brought in that mentality of like, if there's one time I'm going to take school serious, it's going to be now because I know what I just went through, right? And I know what my mom had to do to get me to buck up. And, and so I'm going to take this serious. And so I did. And I, I made connections, man. I traveled. I went to Africa. That was an amazing opportunity for me. I did so nice. much different. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. I did so much different things uh, through that original seed of just me believing in me and me uh, counting on myself and, and using what I knew. So nonetheless um that was a moment for god to say well you think you you think you know it all i'm gonna sit you down sometimes we need to sit our pride down and break Mm -hmm. break that down we need to because it's not it's you're not able to see clearly once you start to think it's about you you've missed you've missed the message (laughs) you've missed it and so you really got to humble yourself and that was me i can honestly uh and really honestly say and look back and say that i was blocking my kind of I don't want to say blessing, like you said, man, there's no coincidences, but I was just blocking my growth at the time a little bit, just stunting it a little bit, just with how I wanted to do things. And so he sat me down, man, for nine months and it was tough. I definitely had, you know, fun with my friends. It wasn't all super low, but it was definitely an emotional roller coaster. It was one where I was discouraged. You talk about yeah. somebody who, somebody who aims to motivate folks. I had no motivation myself. Um, and my mm. mom, she told me one thing. She called me one day and I'm like, mom, what's going on? You know, I was still at the restaurant and I'm like, I don't, I, I can't believe I just did four years in a degree and I'm still serving pot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I had all these things. And she said, she said, hold on a second. She said, you're telling me you want to motivate people, inspire people to do more with their life. And you don't yeah. want to go. She said, you don't want to go through anything. She said, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. She said, who's going to listen to you? I wouldn't yeah. listen to you. <laughs> she said, if you don't have anything to go through, how can you tell me what I need to do? Man, wow. that, hit, that hit home for me to this day because, again, that sat me down again into my pride. And I'm like, all right, you know what? So she said, take your job, be grateful for it. Some people don't even have work right now and do the yeah. best that you can, you know? And so I did that. And um, through that, man, I, through that mess, I got, an, I got a message. Through that mess, I got a message. And so uh, my... Um, I got an opportunity and I got called for that position I mentioned. And, and so the rest is history, man, here I am still growing. Uh, so that year for me, you know, I graduated, was on the couch, got my first apartment after grad, landed a first opportunity. 2020 for me, man, was, you know, needless to say, but for me, especially, um, 
and I know so many others, was a, a, a phenomenal year. It was just crazy. It was an unbelievable year. So that, for me, has kept me grounded through this time and knowing yeah. that there's value in that uncertainty, right? There's, um, there's, there's a message behind that mess, uh, testimony behind your tests, you know, and, and really just uh, a beauty in your struggle, if you will. So what are you doing now as far as um, uh, work is concerned? So right now, yes, yeah, so I'm actually at a college. I'm at a college right now, which I'll leave nameless for the, for the moment. Um, but sure. at a college, yeah, just supervising some, supervising some RAs and, you know, really, really big role, all-inclusive role to where I'm uh, supervising folks, uh, you know, providing, overseeing, functioning and well-being of the campus, really working with different departments to, you know, if, if somebody is breaking policy right now, I guess policy is big on all college campuses, right? They're just trying oh, yeah. to man, mandate and, and, and regulate things, which rightfully so. So, you know, we're helping to, to uh, organize that. We're helping with, you know, conduct, if anything should go wrong there, um, keys wise, really just making sure students are safe, man. And so it's another opportunity uh, in a different way, not so traditional than I usually do in terms of mentoring and stuff, but it is another opportunity to have an impact on folks, students, parents, campus community, man. It's, it's really been a dope ride. And so kind of just been grinding in silence, but that is something that I, um, I am proud of because it is, it is because of the work I put in, um, to be honest that I'm here. So definitely, man. So what's next for uh, Prince John? Like you got anything coming up as far as uh, speaking engagements or uh, any social media activity going on? Uh, like what's, what's going on towards the uh, future of Prince John? Yeah, definitely, man. So that's, that's the big question, right? Like, uh, you know, lots of things. I hope <laughs> I could continue to just Stay in praying, walking in God's path, man. I, I definitely want to create, uh, you know, another uh, uh, one of my own. I want to create. You always want to create something of your own, and so I mm -hmm. love the the traction I've been able to build on Instagram and stuff. But I always like to think, what if social media pulled the plug? Where would people be? So, yeah. you know, we I would want a base of my own, and just to really start to streamline folks who believe in my my vision and who really support the brand, um, and so. Really, you can look forward to me getting more concrete in whatever way that looks like um, in terms of my brand. So definitely, you would want to stay tuned to my page. I'm definitely looking to make some uh, some dope moves coming forward. Um, and, you know, just continuing to impact the community, man. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so I've worked with the uh, Boys and Girls Club in the past. I've, uh, in the past, I've spoke at uh, tons of, well, I shouldn't say tons. I'm still growing, but a couple of high yeah. schools. <laughs> couple of high schools we speak that into existence a couple of high schools uh some colleges now and really just starting that you know 2022 i really want to brand that man uh i really want to start to get on that um get on that wave of just you know let's get it if you really want something done you got to book me and let's start to get professional with it and really you know i think i've worked to that point now so so yeah man and social media will keep going you can look out for a lot more content man. if you'd like to be motivated and stuff like that let's do it uh tap in with me so if, uh, if any of my audience wants to follow you on social media, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, or Twitter, um, how can yeah. they find you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, Instagram, I'll shout that out first. That's my main right now. You can follow me at Prince underscore John, J-O-H-N underscore John again, J-O-H-N. So Prince John, John twice. Um, you can also follow my 
strike through motivation. So that's not spelled in any uh, fancy way. Strike through motivation is also in my bio. And just stay tuned to those, man. I'll definitely let you guys know of any updates and stuff coming as I do have some rolling through there. Um, as far as Twitter, we still building those. So I'll leave that for now. But you'll see all of those through my page. You'll, you'll get everything through the Instagram for sure. Awesome. And I'm going to keep supporting you too, man, because um, I'm really excited about the things that you're doing, uh, yeah. you know, on Instagram. And, and uh, I know that you're going places and, you know, once, uh, you know, you blow up, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. And I say that with all honesty, um, yeah. you know, because yeah. of the person, the type of person that you are and, and who you are and what you're all about. Yeah. Uh, so I really, you know, I really look forward to the future and to what the future has in, in store for you. And, uh, you know, maybe one of these days we'll see you up there with, uh, you know, the likes of uh, Tony Robbins out there. <laughs> man, that'd be great, man. That's, he's a good one, too. Man. Yeah, really appreciate that opportunity, Victor. I appreciate the, the words, too, man. I'm humbled. I'm truly grateful, man. Truly, I really take this time. You know, we talked about efficiency. I take this time so serious, man. This this last uh hour 50 minutes or so has been has been mm -hmm. amazing it has been great just to chop it up with uh you know another mic mind um thank you so much man appreciate that and blessings to you and your family man i know i always see you posting your family wishing the best for your, your kids and everything like that man much love thanks a lot man hopefully it's not the last time you come on the podcast oh man definitely not definitely not it's one of many <laughs> one of many <laughs> all right all right, man. Well, listen, thank you so much, uh, you know, once again for coming on the podcast. Um, everyone, this was uh, the Prince John John interview. Again, I'm so humbled and I'm so grateful that you took, you know, part of your day and, and time out of your day to be here on the podcast. Uh, guys, remember, you can uh, follow the All About Life podcasts uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are on iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, um, Spotify. Uh, you can tell Alexa to play All About Life with Vic, and Alexa knows me. Alexa knows me, and also Siri knows me. So if you got an Apple, just tell Siri play All About Life with Vic, and Siri will start playing it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Yes, sir. Peace.